Hey everyone, it's Poster Posterson, and I'm back with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Just in case you're new to these, uh, these are bonus extra shows that Scoots and I put together just as a fun way to say thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Uh, if you're hearing this, thank you so much for your support. Um, hopefully these bonus extra shows work for you, they help you get a little extra sleep. Um, if they don't, that's totally okay. Just skip them, uh, and you should get some more regular shows in your feed. Uh, I'm excited for this next set of three or four Super Deluxes. We're going to do something fun. So uh, let's hop in. story um i've been working a lot lately and i'm i'm not uh always really that great at making sure that i take some downtime in my schedule as well um and so last week uh, we decided to take my daughter camping for the first time and we got there we arrived and they moved everything from the car to the canoe and then i was just kind of taking a moment on the dock and uh my, my phone was already packed in the dry bag I was kind of completely unplugged and um, I was forced to just kind of sit on the dock and relax a little bit. And I was looking out over the river that we were about to canoe down and I thought this would make a good super deluxe. Um, so for the next three or four super deluxe shows, uh, we're going to go to Camp Scooter on Lake Posterson. The format of these will be the same as always, but we'll just do a little mini-series of three or four related Super Deluxes where we go to Snooze Camp, an outdoor, very mellow adventure camp run by Scoots, where he tells us stories and we all get a little break to relax from our day to day. This first Camp Scooter Super Deluxe will be an hour-ish long paddle in the canoe across Lake Posterson to the site of the camp. Sit back, close your eyes if you like. You don't have to do any of the rowing. Um, relax and feel free to doze off at any time. As always, thank you so much for supporting the show. I really hope this can help you get some sleep. And with any luck, good night. Throughout this super luxe, scoots might row away from you and some music might play, but that's okay, that's on purpose. He'll row back in just a short while. Everybody, it's Scoots here. It's time for our episodically modular series. Uh, it's a new one, so that's very exciting. It's one we've never done before because it's a new series. Uh, I kind of have a working title that I talked about in the second intro because I recorded the first two intros already. Just how the workflow around the show works. Also, buying time because I can't remember what the working title I came up with was. Me could call it the big ones or the big emojis or big emojis. 
are some of the titles uh, that may be featured in the uh, series. But it's a, it's going to be a tale, episodically modular. So you could listen. If this is your first episode, you're in for a treat because if you listen to the other ones, and now you're listening to episode one, don't worry. This is going to be like one of those prequels. And this is really, uh, I'm really excited about this series. It's got, uh, it's got exposition. It's got speeches. It has tangents. It has ex- explanations. It has characters waiting for one another. It has solutions to worldwide events that, uh, involve dance steps and watching TV and eating cereal. So if you never thought you could save the world or a word by watching a cartoon, turns out uh, in this world, maybe there'll be a tangent explaining how uh, the backstory of that fact uh, comes to be a part of the story, which may be a part of the solution we eventually get to. Uh, But uh, it's kind of stuff you could sleep through. Or you could lie in bed listening to it gently. Or if you need a break during the day, you could listen to it. That kind of stuff. Uh, you say, Scoots, will you be ta- talking and telling and not showing? And they said, I'll be showing you through the art of talk and tell uh, and speak. Uh, speeches will come in, a, well, I don't know, technically, monologues. Oh boy, I'm piling on the monologues here. It's the season to pile... I got a pile of monologues uh, ready to go. And I also have a Hollywood announcer here ready to announce our new series, which is going to be interesting since uh, he was listening, trying to be quiet, but his clo- somehow, even in cloaked in velvet, uh, his smile still makes a noise uh, that like sound like an angel's wings tinkling. And I say, I don't know, is it, am I hearing that in my head, or did the mic pick up that sound? Uh, they say every time an angel, every time an angel feels, every time Antonio Banderas smiles, an angel feels joy. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before. And then their wings tinkle to get, like, their wi- they get, like, here's the thing. When an angel hears him smile, turns out humans, we can hear other people smile, especially me. I can hear Antonio smiling among other things uh but you know that's one of the things they say oh boy how'd you end up what's the best part to be about it being an angel well there's a lot of hard parts but when humans smile we feel it uh particularly antonio banderas we feel it so much we have an involuntary body response of you know you know toe curling joy where our wings because they, they like are contract and the two tips touch each other which makes that famous tinkling sound you may have heard it, you know during different transcendent experiences or in movies so without further ado the man who probably puts a little dew on the backs of the angels even because it, it, I, I would think that would come with that experience uh, is uh, mr antonio banderas Beyond the binary. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a new tale. A tale of giants walking these uh, giants, big ones, big emotions. Thanks, that was great. Really well done and making that work. Uh, this is, uh, that was Mr. Antonio Banderas, and this is Big Emojis. It's been so long since I've done one of these, uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to put a date in here. And it, like uh, a lot of times when I've done diaries in the past, it's been, is this for me or for you, I guess is my question. But we're here, we're waiting we're waiting for, I'm waiting for you, the world's been waiting for you, and I guess, like, uh, we'll, we will, we'll, the world will 
waiting for your arrival, but I'm waiting for your actual arrival. Post arrival arrival. celebrate your return and I'm here waiting you know you've already landed and uh, you've been escorted to our uh, you know secret location here and that was the instructions you, you sent ahead and we debated about and you know this whole facility is uh, can still confusing to me as I wait here, but it, and I said, you know, there's a lot of discussion, not just my discussion. You know, whose insistence was this, yours or Planet Zipper's uh, instructions? But the clock is ticking. I mean, the clock is ticking for me because I have a lot to do, and I'm waiting here to meet with you so that we can move forward and I have to fill everyone in on everything but the bigger clock is ticking too for the big ones but I guess I'm writing this uh, to you because I hope you're reading this in the future and you're looking at it with some sort of uh, smile uh, that you've returned here to earth uh, with some secret knowledge or some secret thing, and uh, you changed the world. Uh, you kind of saved the world. So you're you're looking at this and you're reading this with that knowledge uh, that you did that. You had volunteered so long ago, and now you've come back. And I have to hope that as I'm writing this, uh, it's helping me, and maybe it's helping you later. Uh, because I want that, uh, you know, I feel other feelings too. I feel like we're waiting for them to wake up. Uh, the world is, uh, on edge, you know, we're all a little bit on edge, uh, waiting for the big ones to wake up. And there's doubt. Uh, why did we lose contact with Planet Zipper after you departed? Do you have anything? Would you come? You know, there was all... But we know you're back. I know you're resting. Getting washed up and coming to meet me any minute. So, I guess this is helping me. You know, the plan is for you to come here to fill me in. I mean, I don't even... I guess, like, how long have you been asleep for on this journey... And that's one thing that was confusing to, to us is that uh, Planet Zipper has all this ex, ex, extra technology. They're more advanced civilization, but they sent you back in the same ship you came in. That takes so much time to cross a space and, and that you had to rest. Why do things have to be cut cut so close? Uh, couldn't they have sent you on? Don't they have a ship they could have sent you on? They said they didn't. Or a way to get you across space faster. But that's healthy doubt, you know. We do need healthy doubt, uh, but I also need a healthy hope. Uh, so hopefully you're smiling as you read this. That gives me some confidence that you're reading this in the future and you're smiling, looking at me, writing it now picturing me with this mix of feelings strong feelings uh, you know wanting everything to work out not just for myself but for everyone everyone in my orbit that I care about and everyone everyone everywhere so the plan is you're going to brief me and then I'll bring you probably don't even know uh, that now we have the CN it's not the UN anymore Cooperative nations is a bit of a, you know, that my unofficial title is president of the world, which people felt like was a joke, uh, but it's also not a joke, but it is a joke. 
uh, technically am the lead counselor of the cooperative nations, but they say, oh, that's president of the world. But everybody's going to be waiting here, and not just the CN, but all the Indies, uh, all of the groups, uh, including all those with the big ones, the people who strongly believe in them. And we don't have much time, but I hope you have something that we can all... I know that's not realistic, that most of us can get behind in that the world, not just the cooperative nations, but the Indies and some of those, I know we can't get everyone behind and working together. But we, we, you know, we've had, we need a common cause, but a common cause that actually works. But that doesn't cost us so much like the past ones have, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm also thinking about the clock because the awakening is coming and it just happens to be a spring awakening. I don't know if that's... Uh, does Planet Zipper have their own sense of history that the awakening is going to come in the spring? But, yeah, best case scenario for me that's realistic is uh, we learn what the plan is you have a plan of course or some sort of uh, material or device or some secret knowledge we implement that plan we stop the big ones or whatever it is uh, put them back to, to hibernation send them somewhere else uh, you know like uh, some had thought maybe planet zipper had a off-world solution and that's it. Then we save the, the world saved uh, from the big ones, at least. And then we get back, I guess, to the hard, more hard work. I want to say the hard work, but this is hard work enough. Uh, but yeah, we start to stabilize things without that looming presence of the big ones. So I'm looking at my clock and I'm looking at the messages coming in. So that clock, you're approaching here. And the other clock is ticking, so I'm looking forward to meeting you, but I'm also looking forward to you looking back at this uh, with confidence and calmness and amusement uh, because things played out so well. All right, well, uh, first impressions... uh, this is my second entry. I guess thinking about that, you're going to be reading this. Uh, or listening to it. Uh, that kind of clouds over what I would say. But I'm not known for... Well, uh, what are my first impressions? Uh, or where should I even start? So I should start with my first impressions of you. Like, you looked uh, tired, uh, obviously but happy could also tell you're a bit starstruck but also starstruck in a way uh, I don't know you said you were really happy to see me and I, I know that's not projecting because you said she seemed like I'm such a fan but it seemed to be that you could just say that like you had some sort of happy confidence uh, and that put me at ease uh Normally it would put me on guard, but I said, wow, and maybe it aligned with what I wrote earlier, and maybe this is my imagination, or was, uh, that you were going to make everything okay. So I guess I felt good at the time. My first impression, or my second, second within seconds impression was good, and, and I felt good, briefly until you kind of started talking uh, and you told us the plan but that's getting ahead of myself uh, because first you probably want me to walk through what you asked you said hi like uh, we had our greeting we sat down we were assured that we had our privacy and we walked through some of the protocols and, and some of the basics of what to expect next you already knew that because we had briefed you once you came into the you know, anyway, 
you asked me to run through the whole history as briefly as I could from even before you left, uh, which I guess was understandable. I didn't know if you were serious or if it was just for a conversation or to put me in a certain place. But uh, you also had sent that in advance. So you said you want to go over the whole history point by point. Uh, the whole history of the B1s, uh, or the big ones. I think you said it like whatever they used to say, ELI 5 or whatever. Explain it to me like I'm 5. Like I've come from another planet. Uh, I've been asleep for a long time, but I have a basic understanding of human dynamics. That caught my attention because I said, is that like a joke that fell flat or something else? He said, okay, tell me just the important parts. And so I said, okay, well, you know, my team went through this. So we had vision technology, right, and uh, that vision technology brought conflict. It was used uh, in offensive ways or pre-offensive ways uh, to express dominance, and that's what caused uh, the first contact. Uh, and then there was fusion and Ivy Mike, uh, and that brought more. And at first it wasn't, those two things weren't clear, but clearly those two events and other events like that we now see are causal or very related. Because after some of the accords we made and looking at it, I mean, we, I say, this was before I was even a twinkle, might even be before my, even my father was alive, but... You know, that was where they created the B1 Atoll, and they created Ivy Mike uh, with that, uh, their own sense of irony, and they buried it there. And that Atoll B1 was so far away, uh, but they all went there. All of them that were walking the earth and, and swimming through the earth and flying above the earth. Stepping on cities and and, and and causing chaos. They all went there to be one island. And they had buried my Ivy Mike in a machine that kept it running deep, deep, deep in the earth. Uh, and that stopped them for a time, along with the Accords, to say, hey, let's not do this. They stayed on the island and uh, we tried, or, or, or history tried to... to I don't know, how do you stop, what is it in a human being that uh, leads us to these choices sometimes? Uh, the quest for innovation, some's quest for dominance, some driven by being afraid uh, too. And uh, things started to happen in secret. Things started to happen in the U.S. where I was from was particularly, it is to blame. You know, deep in secret, uh, even from my father, people that would have been... I don't know if you can stop these things, uh, these choices. We do have to deal with them. And uh, as I said, one of those secrets was hidden deep in the Nevada mountain, covered up by waste, which they weren't interested in. It was supposed to be a place to store waste, and they said, oh, well, the nuclear waste on top uh, doesn't seem to attract the B-1s. And so they hid that facility deep below that mountain where this spent material was supposed to be resting. And they worked there for some time uh, before it caught the attention. Before, you know, we tried to keep renewing things and keep uh, the B1s on B1 Island. And then it happened, my father and I were elected to office. Uh, the first father-daughter, uh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter, uh, but that was just the timing uh, it's hard for me to separate that time and the timing and, and my relationship with my father. But uh, he did not know about any of that until 
Well, until one of the big ones came uh, and approached and uh, everyone was trying to figure out what to do, what was the cause of it. A lot of the world instantly jumped to the correct conclusion that something was happening that was attracting uh, the, the one of the B1s. And, you know, our whole family was in California and lived there and... Quickly, as, uh, as, 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 as my father found out the depth of what was happening in those labs, uh, what was being worked on, that there was some sort of failsafe. Uh, that though my father was not behind this research or the planning, he was the one tasked with making the call. And what we thought was a call... An expensive call to uh, what would result in Nevada and California uh, going away. And it had to be an instant choice. And my father knew uh, that uh, my mother and my other siblings were there in California. But that, uh, that that action had to be taken. And... Uh, No one was happy about it. Uh, No one in the world was happy with the U.S. because of the choices that had been made. People in the U.S., uh, you know, we thought that uh, it had solved things and that uh, the B1B1s was gone, but uh, it wasn't the case. But then we got, not that long after that, a message from Planet Zipper and a shipment from Planet Zipper a craft landed an automated craft and this is where I'm really struggling because this doesn't add up for me so with what you've just told me so none of this adds up so I'm really having trouble accepting and moving towards hope and moving towards action because of this. So we, we got uh, something from Planet Zipper, a message. You know, the big ones are going to return. It's only a matter of time. It kind of explains some, some things about their physiology. And that Planet Zipper had tried the same thing, similar to Big One's Island, and using a device to, to keep them attracted there. And maybe even that uh, that it would eventually run out. Uh, but it also offered a short-term solution in a plan. Uh, So the, 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 while my father's uh, plan kind of worked, it, it didn't work for long. We thought the B1 of B1s was gone, but it wasn't long after that that they all started to depart uh, B1 Island, Big One's Island, and, and head off to the world. And that's when this message and this item arrived from Planet Zipper, landed on the earth uh, along with a warning hey we're sending something I mean I'm simplifying things I guess as you told me and then we opened it and we looked at it and it had fallen on US soil so we felt like we had the rights to it but my father well, I guess I have to take a little moment here uh, to think about things and, and how I can write more about this when I do have such a personal stake in it. Uh, so I'm going to take a minute to breathe here. So you think about my father, who is a hero, who was a hero before this, uh, who was a part of my life and someone I really loved and cared about, too. Okay, it's uh, I, ne- I needed to take a break there. And I guess this is a recording, so you're listening to my audio diary just uh, moments uh, later, and it's not really that long after. Not sure where I left off. I think I was talking about my father and Planet Zipper and the big ones. Well, I know I was talking about those things. And uh, the technology from Planet Zipper and my father's heroism. I mean, first of all, my father had to make the hard choices 
we saw we dealt with the Grandiller, uh, and, uh, when my, when, when California and Nevada went into the sea, but that wasn't the case, and worldwide, the other big ones uh, started to move uh, on other secret locations, but also it seemed that it was no longer fusion or fission that were attracting them, but other activities that could be classified as non-threatening, non-offensive uh, power sources. So it was not not a good situation, and my father used what was what they were working on the secret facility of ours with what I'm thinking and now I, I just don't know anymore. I was under the impression that all of this was from Planet Zipper and that this uh, serum technology that my father used was from Planet Zipper and he insisted on being the one to do it. I mean, my father's a very capable person and he felt responsibility. He also, we had private conversations that I'm not willing to share with you, but we talked about this and he said he was ready for me to lead and he wouldn't be able to fulfill his, fulfill his duties as president and not only did he need to do this, uh, and not only did he want to do it, but he, he thought only he could, that uh, he had clarity of mission. Now, he also told me that, 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 that well, where the technology my father used was not clear to me, it's still not totally clear to me. And I don't know how deep I can keep looking, but it, it did... It, this was when we we knew that uh, Planet Zipper had reached out to us uh, and made this offer. I guess I'm, my timelines are not clear, but uh, you told me to give you this as clearly and as quickly as you could, or I could. And I guess I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, yeah, I'm sidetracked. What can I say? But so, I'm having trouble separating. story went to, to do uh, one-on-one with the, the Grand Diller, B1 of B1s, but it was really just a show, it was really just uh, to get Grand Diller's attention and uh, uh, to really get on Grand Diller's uh, radar, or whatever, internal radar, internal but also to get the other big ones aware to see if a father could uh, get them all back to the atoll, the big one's atoll. Well, big one's island, it's an atoll though, but it's really just a circular island is all an atoll is. Uh, or isn't an atoll just something pointing up of, like from the 
bottom of the sea. I don't know. Not important right now. Clearly, I'm. I can be so. I, I can laugh at myself. But uh, father stepped into myth, into heroism by uh, getting them all back on the atoll and uh, outnumbered. But it, it, it was all part of Planet Zipper's plan. Uh, and uh, some of this father filled me in on before he turned things over to me, and some of it was I was told after because uh, I think he would have wouldn't. He, I don't think he would have. I don't think I would have been become president if I knew all this. Uh, but you. And the rest of the team was sent to Planet Zipper uh, for a long-term solution. But Planet Zipper had reached out. uh, uh, er, er, Anyway, I guess uh, the timeline isn't super important. They reached out. uh, The first time they reached out. Again, there's a lot of complications, especially here in the U.S. with trust and agendas. But... When father found out about it, uh, he said, okay, well, this looks like a solution. I believe we can trust Planet Zipper. We'll send the astronauts there, and we'll implement this plan. We'll be ready to implement it. It wasn't like this just happened. Uh, You were all already on your way to Planet Zipper. And Planet Zipper had already said, if if the big ones, uh, they they warned us. They said the big ones will return, especially if you're dabbling about. Uh, I think Father found that confusing until uh, so. They had a solution, uh, which was to the uh, whole Earth hibernation, uh, some sort of uh, beam. Or we, I don't know. They said we wouldn't understand the technology and to not worry about it. Uh, but they had something that would put the whole Earth under hibernation, and the hibernation clock would start. Uh, there was agreed upon time, and I was only told this during the countdown and past a zero hour, which Father had already implemented. And even if I wanted to turn back or to change my mind, it wouldn't have made sense at all because it just wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have worked. Uh, uh, this plan seemed to sound. Father had got all the big ones back on Big One's Island. According to what Planet Zipper had told Father, this whole Earth hibernation would affect uh, all beings by size. Meaning, you know, we have some problems with some smaller beings now and their population growth. Uh, but that human beings, mammals, most mammals, we came out of hibernation at a much more rapid pace than the big ones who are still hibernating. But as I said, the hibernation clock is ticking down and it won't be long until they're estimated to begin awakening. And Earth scientists have kind of proven that the clock is close. The the, the timeline you gave us is close, uh, observing it on larger mammals. And uh, so, obviously, the whole planet uh, has been concerned about this, and it's caused a lot of uh, upheaval, uh, waiting for the big ones to reawaken what are we going to do? It meant uh, changes in governance, uh, changes in belief systems, changes in how we treat each other. But for the majority of the people of Earth, uh, it did mean some sort of unity and bond. It did give us a common goal. And even though with the dissolution of most of the existing countries before... Uh, there is, uh, much like the UN, the Cooperative Nations, or the Cooperative Nation, I guess, if you're using the old language and the old way of looking at things. But now that it's gotten closer, 
and we don't have a clear solution. We've been awaiting your return, and everything we've theorized and everything we've worked on has been mostly, well, what can we do to mitigate? What can we do to defend ourselves? Where could we hide? Uh, and... Uh, how could is there any way to work together with the big ones? Again, with the, the Ivy Mike idea of burying that below and, and doing that uh, and hoping that would work again. But knowing what we knew from the last time is that uh, we needed some sort of long-term solution because it doesn't seem like coexistence with the big ones has ever been an option. And so that's where we were, I guess, waiting the return. Uh, it was a long time ago you left Planet Zipper. Again, like I said, I can't believe that uh, for a planet so advanced, they'd send you back in the same ship at the same rate where you were sleeping and we were waiting. But I guess it fit with the timeline of the hibernation anyway. Again, we uh, we still don't know about much about Planet Zipper, and uh, we lost contact with them. And uh, they said that you're the only one returning. And you said you haven't seen the other members of your team in a long, long time. That you each went to a different station on Planet Zipper. So there was a lot of questions, but there was a lot of hope too—a hope of some. Someone flying in from another planet and saving the world, like I said. Uh, uh, maybe you'd do the same thing you, my father did, but in an offensive way and not as a distraction. And, and again, or maybe we could have equal numbers uh, instead of just my father facing big ones alone. And... Uh, or turning the big ones, you know, get, get like some of the other myths. Oh, well, we could, you know, like some of those movies. Oh, this one loves humans. Or these two are arch enemies. And they do some uh, disagreements on that. They did have a lot of those uh, on big ones, Atoll. But in the end, we've been waiting for you. And you came back. I don't know. And. Uh, we thought that everything would be solved, uh, and I guess uh, a little too hopefully we tried to temper our expectations that uh, that might not be a complete solution or there might be some sort of sacrifice. But what you've told me today, even though we've been implementing it in secret, I thought it was something. Uh, the instructions from Planet Zipper... Uh, I, uh, we followed them, but again, we, there was other plans working, not just this one from Planet Zipper. And we thought it was more. I didn't. It, did, it didn't make a lot of sense. We thought it was a distraction, maybe to get us working. But you had us in secret, set up an entertainment company with uh, cartoons and cereal and toys, and podcasts, and music, uh, all about the big emojis, uh, all, all about uh, songs, and feelings, and dance, and it's very popular with the children of the world, translated, and broadcast, and produced in many, many different places, uh, locally, the funding was there, uh, I guess people would have been surprised that it was funded by the former U United States and, uh, and some other assets we've been able to acquire and they pointed out to us uh, that we could find. But I guess we always thought of it as a distraction, something to give us, to keep our children busy, right? To, to keep our children uh, Advanced. Uh, again, these things are about positive emotions and feelings and expressing yourself through dance and song. Traditionally, very popular topics anyway, and what you would offer to 
with these emojis, it wasn't really that different. And uh, so when I sat down with you and after we went through this and there was some time, you smiled, you sipped at your tea, you laughed, uh, and you said, okay, well, listen, uh, can you give me back uh, what's the plan? Uh, and then you wanted to talk about how I was feeling and how I was feeling about talking about my father and talking about hope and what's next. And I didn't really want to talk about those things. Mostly because I had other clocks that were ticking, other responsibilities and other people to report. The whole world was waiting. That's mostly why I didn't want to talk about how I was feeling, but you wanted to talk about how I was feeling to point me in a certain direction. And then you said, back up and let's talk about vision and fusion. And what do I feel about that? Or what do I think uh, the world felt about that? Uh, what temperature... Uh, I said, I don't know, cool, hot, uh, what do I feel in my body? I feel queasy, I feel trembling. What would you call those feelings related to, to, to fission or fusion? Uh, fear, tension, something much stronger than that. Uh, and they said, would you say they were scary? I said, yes, yes, uh, on some level they are scary. Uh, and uh, he said, well, even though you haven't been around in a time of fission or fusion off used offensively, except uh, people trying to figure it out. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course, like, uh, it's a normal human feeling, right? Uh, and we talked about that. And he said, yes, this is a normal, healthy reaction. But I couldn't understand your point. I said to you, I don't, I'm not sure I understand what kind of point you're making. What are you, where are you going with this? Uh, and you said to me, the how does not matter. Can, can, you, can you feel those feelings and, and say the how does not matter if how you're feeling is the why? And I really uh, was having trouble with other feelings because I was feeling frustrated because I did, wasn't sure if you were not good at communicating, you were being oblique on purpose, or I was in a place where I just wasn't hearing and understanding what you were saying. I mean, now, even a few minutes removed, I think I understood clearly what you were saying. Maybe I just didn't want to believe it, so I couldn't... Un maybe, I, I guess, because I can't understand it. But luckily, I said, could you say it to me in a different way? And you said, okay, how we're feeling about things, how we're feeling or how we've felt as a planet uh, dealing with fission and fusion and the knowledge of the consequences of those things. Uh, maybe even deep down... You know, during the Cold War, during the WWs, or the, you know, he, you, you said, you, you know what I mean. Afterwards, uh, after the Cold War, it's, uh, those are strong feelings, right? You said it, uh, you said it to me, and you, you said, uh, that's the why. I just want you to think about that, that's why. And I said, that's why what? And I said, you'll see. You said, you said that to me. You'll see. But you have to set aside the how for now. But you, you, under, you might not understand why, why the why, but you understand what I'm saying. That if that's the why, then you could set aside the how for now. And again, we kept going back and forth. How did what? How does this? Uh, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, and then it hit me, and I went silent in our conversation. And I said, "Wait a second. Is your point here that uh, 
our feelings are attracting the big ones like uh, our feel it's not the fission or the fusion that are attracting that that are attracting the big ones it's our feelings about the fission or the fusion that are attracting the big ones you didn't say anything but you didn't indicate uh, that it was affirmative or negative uh, and then I said, so you're saying if we could not be afraid, if we could not be scared, if we could not be in a uh, resentful disbelief that people still go forward looking to use these offensively, that the cost, uh, and the cost, uh, even before the big ones, but now with the big ones involved, uh, you're asking me not to feel those things? You're telling me that if we don't feel those things, the big ones won't come? And you said, no, no, no. You're close, though. You're very close. And he said, that's the why. You have to set aside the how. I said, the why is because we feel strongly about these things. So you're not saying it's an attraction, you're saying it's a manifestation. That's not, again, I guess the how is not possible then. I mean, the appearance of every big one lines up with those changes in technology or each stage of development, another big one. But you're saying... They're not attracted to the fission or the fusion, the radiation. They're attracted to the radiation of our feelings. But then you're saying, no, it's not the radiation of our feelings that's attracting them. It's the radiation of our feelings that's creating them. That they're a manifestation, a true, concrete manifestation of our feelings. But th there's no way that's possible, is what I said to you. And you said, again, just for the time being, set aside the how. If you And I said, I can't set aside the how and then conclude that it's true. Because it's impossible. And I said, uh, that, uh, like, uh, you're asking me to set aside the how to believe... Uh, that the big ones are a manifestation of our very, very real and understandable feelings. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to make any sense of that. Uh, I said, uh, I said, I, I, and you said, okay. Here's another thing. I want you to close your eyes and breathe for a second, and just pause. And when you think about the Grand Iller, or you think about the big ones. The sounds that they make, uh, the way they move through space. Uh, I mean, I don't mean outer space. I mean, as they go through a city. Well, the first time you saw the Grand Eller in person, what other feelings, uh, other than the ones that are aligned with what we're talking about, did you feel? I said, like, is unreality, awe, wonder, surprise, shock. He said, right, uh, like it's, it was a surreal experience, but an experience of awe and wonder, but also surreality, because of all your time on Earth and all of your understanding of human history, history of the planet Earth, all species, uh, you don't have a frame of reference, so it seemed impossible to you, even though you were witnessing it in the moment, and even though you know the history inside and out, you have a personal connection to it. Even seeing it and being there, it seemed impossible, like, uh, how could this be? I said, yeah, this is so, you're telling me that our feelings are causing the big ones, creating the big ones, even though we haven't had a new big one in uh, maybe 22, it 
have to check the facts. Uh, so, what's our plan? To just unmanifest our feelings? Uh, like, uh, if what you're saying is true, what, what do we even do? What is the plan? If our feelings are magnets and creators, You're having some strong feelings about this. I said, yeah, but this metaphor is not doing it for me. And you said, okay, what if there's two things that are true here? Even if, with no matter what we're saying, but uh, our feelings are manifesting the big ones. And uh, having feelings is normal, it's healthy, it's rational. It's an essential part of being human. And being human on the same planet as big ones is going to have even more feelings. The feelings are important. And I said, okay. And you said, but those aren't the only things we feel. Those feelings about the big ones or about fission or fusion, those aren't our only feelings. Uh, and again, if we set aside... The why, why haven't our other feelings manifested something? Or can our other feelings manifest someone? What if I knew that they could? And then the time was up, we were interrupted, and uh, I had to buy us some time so we could sit down, and I know we're going to talk again soon, but for now I have to lie down. You said, well, I guess it's time for both of us to get some rest, uh... And I just have to lie down and clear my my mind for a little while before I make this presentation. And uh, I guess I'll say that you're still recovering from your time, travel across space. Uh, but that you do have a plan. I don't know what I'll say, but I do need to rest for the time being. And then again, I know... I have to... I, why did I say I know? I know you're listening to this, and I know you might have strong feelings too now, but I hope those feelings are generous ones, uh, and you're smiling. Maybe you looked up an image of the smiling Emma Otter saying, all will be well, because that makes me feel good uh, right now. <laughs> 